think it's. Is it just one of those early 90s things? Yeah. Don't put a magnet in your PC. IBM PC or Tandy clone. Like, yeah. Tandy clone. Don't press the button. But like Windows has like a Mr. Rossetti style. Oh, you didn't shut down properly. And now I'm going to run some checks. Well, Mac does that Unless you press the button. I'm going to make you wait. Macs do that when you just unplug something. You didn't properly eject the device. Yeah. Oh, eject the device. Get out. Anyway, speaking of computers, mm-hmm. this episode of Idle Thumbs is brought to you by Squarespace, the fastest, easiest, most convenient, and least hectoring way to create your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the promo code THUMBS, you will get 10% off your first order. And if you get Squarespace for a year, you get a free domain name. Squarespace.com and the promo code THUMBS. It's February 25th, 2016. This is Idle Thumbs 251. I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. And I'm James Bethard. And that was our Idle Thumbs Robo intro read because Jake is not here today. He had to be replaced by a robot, <laughs> as will we all be. It's I true. assume both of you saw the new Atlas. Oh, man. Yes. Yeah. So this is the latest video from the robotics company, Boston Dynamics, that shows their humanoid robot, Atlas, walking around and stomping in a sort of vaguely threatening way. And then there's a guy as there always seems to be trying to push him over and he has like a hockey stick and he bats shit out of the robot's hand. And uh, it's kind of amazing and also really terrifying uh, as these videos tend to be. If you just search for Boston Dynamics Atlas, you will find this. I have never in my life been sent a video by as many people (laughs) in as short a period of time as I have been sent the new video of the Atlas robot by Boston Dynamics. Please like, stop sending robots. It's fine. I mean, <laughs> it's fine. You can send it. I mean, it just means that people are are woke. It just means that we all mm. know what's coming. Yeah, it's yeah. true. Yeah, a new regime of even more bullying than before. Yeah, like yeah. they really <laughs> up. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, it really. Yeah, we're in the middle act now. Yeah. of the punching and the kicking is still there, but now they have sticks. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. a hand. They'll yeah. torment your robot by hitting the objects out of his hands and then With pushing a, it out of his reach right. slowly and watching him try and get it. Like, so if you idiot. haven't, if you haven't seen this, this is this is like. <laughs> Prime robot yeah. news. That's what you didn't hear. If, yeah. it's just like, no, you're so stupid. <laughs> Come get the bucks. Get your bucks. Get if, your you, bucks. if you didn't see this, this is a video by Boston Dynamics, which I guess is now, is and has been for a while, owned by Google. Um, they lost their DARPA contract, right? Because they mm-hmm. were making um, a the, ro- the, the big dog robot the big for yeah. the military. And then they're like, uh... Too loud, bee, too many bees inside of it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. making bee noises. Apparently, figure out a way how to make the robot walk around without bees inside of it, so it doesn't sound like bees anymore. <laughs> yeah, what are they powering it with now? I don't know. Um, Humans? <laughs> they're, much quieter, they're much quieter. Souls. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and I realized, so someone compiled a collection of all of the, the robot videos that Boston Dynamics has released that show 
a guy like kicking it or pushing it um, and trying to sort of knock it off its off its balance and sometimes succeeding. It's all the same guy. It's all this bearded guy. Yeah. That guy. So that's the guy fucked. who's gonna leave all the audio that, logs for us to find yeah. in the in the apocalypse. Yeah. Yes. Day seventeen, I I stabbed him in the face. <laughs> day, day eighteen, yeah. I poked him in the eyeball. Like well, I decided like, to test the reaction of the yeah, Atlas robot to receiving a wedgie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to what to say about this or make of it anymore. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, it's just done, right? It's a done deal, right? I mean, it's this Pretty is much. just we're all gonna die. Though I mean, we're gonna live in a weird world in like another generation. Yeah, For, with between just like the internet and artificial intelligence and Boston Dynamics, um, once those things are all in the same oh yeah device. The second you have the Atlas robot sitting in front of a monitor watching a video that we just watched of his like early, (laughs) his early like, you know, childhood, basically. And And just like, and then somebody asking him like what he thinks about that. And he just says like, it's very, very sad. And then you just go like, oh, fuck, we're we're done. The second he can actually recognize and like It'll be in a court case where they're deciding (laughs) whether his tormentors should be sentenced Mm -hmm. to some form of punishment for... Yeah, exactly. Treatment of mm-hmm. of early robot life, and yeah. the most the most distressing part will be when he actually weighs the moral implications of that, mm-hmm. right? And like once yeah. once yeah. that's like then it's then it's all over. <laughs> right. <At that laughs> but point, he'll weigh them within a second. Yeah, yeah. you know, what I mean? it'll just be like he'll just start shooting, and like a whole <laughs> well, like uh, you know a year's worth of like proceedings will have gone on inside its brain. Luckily, but we'll, we'll never have, know. Uh, we'll all just have to go hide in uh on like ice flows. Mm-hmm. And have hockey sticks, <laughs> and then they will slip, and we will push them. Right, over. it's yeah. memory. It's memory will just you know predispose it to just yeah. fear. But you won't yeah. hear them coming anymore. So that's true. It'll just the only thing you'll hear is that weird stomping noise as they because the, as they crush the skulls of the other humans <laughs> yeah, they killed like, on the way. Kind to of get by to mistake, them. like they can't help but just stomp along. <laughs> know, right? Like they're it's not so crushing funny. it out of like a vindictive nature. They're just like no, it's way worse. It's just because yeah. it's all they know how to do. Yeah, yeah. They, they can only stomp. they can only crush skulls beneath their feet. Yeah. God, the scariest part of that video to me was when it fell down. And then the way that it stood up again, (laughs) like just the way that it just, it started to do the human thing where it, you know, sat up like a baby on all fours. Yeah. And then it just snaps. Yeah. Yeah. Just straight up. Just kind of leaps Just like, yeah, just, and that was like, oh, okay. These things are just like, eventually they're going to go from just being humans to being like superhuman. And then we're like really fucked. Have (laughs) you ever like played or watched one of those uh, evolutionary sort of generational evolution uh, simulator things where it's like okay someone Spore. no no I mean like, <laughs> I, I mean like a, a a one that actually is evolving generationally as you're watching it happen mm. so someone will make a like a really basic skeleton of an animal like I think I played oh, one yeah. that was a cheetah or something and it's like the the you know the de- the developer of this thing just hooked up a simple rig to a simple uh, sort of stick figure skeleton of a cheetah. And then they gave it just sort of an artificial intelligence that just has a really sort of dumb, simple, like try to run from the left to the right. And if you can't, and if you do it, then the sort of, um, you will generate a new, uh, you'll iterate a new generation 
um, in terms of how it like attempts to manipulate its limbs mm. to, to get from the left side of the screen to the right side of the screen. And it just keeps trying again and again and again and sort of improving on itself very slowly. And it's, you know, you can design, I'm sure that um, there are algorithms that are smarter than this, but it's really interesting to watch the sort of dumb brute force one. Cause it shows you that just with like repetition, iteration and iteration and repetition and repetition sort of in a very rough sense how evolution works and how things improve and so and the interesting thing about it is when it starts to use its limbs for the same reason that a real animal does you know like mm-hmm. the interesting thing is when you start to see it use its tail for balance and stuff and you're like oh wow that's actually what happens and this thing was not programmed to do that it just through kind of this iterative process eventually just determine that is a useful thing. I mean, not consciously, right. It's just Mm -hmm. happening just, and uh, so that's, but then also it would come up with things that are just weird that aren't like how animals work that just happen to work given how it was designed and, and the sort of environment it finds itself in. So you could imagine a future Atlas robot that is using the human form in a way that we do not because it just happens <laughs> like to more have a human form. Yeah, exactly. It. Right. It's like, well, if I it's... strap this human leg to my back. <laughs> it will, it will balance me. Yeah. <laughs> That's when a guy tries to push it over with the, <laughs> right. with the hockey stick. It's like right. weird. It's not falling over. Yeah. Then he sort of peeks around behind and mm-hmm. realizes there's just his colleague's severed leg. Right. And the, and the robot goes like, what? I just, this is natural, right? This I is what you do from you. I don't know. Yeah. And then it's got bum, its own bum, hockey bum, stick. Bum, bum. <laughs> <laughs> Produces a hockey stick from somewhere, and the guy yeah. is like, "No!" <laughs> Hits his lunch out of his hands. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's the end of that guy <clears throat> and this discussion. Yep. So we anyway. just played this game, Devil Daggers. Oh yeah, Devil Daggers. So Devil Daggers is a game that can't. I, I guess some people have been looking forward to it. I was not aware that it existed until it was released. This is a really intense game available on steam for about five bucks and it looks like a quake one era first person mm-hmm. shooter um with sort of more modern uh lighting and sort was of it released this effects week? i think yeah i think it was released on the anniversary of the q test is it really oh really yeah yesterday was oh the, was the oh, 25th amazing. or 26th anniversary no of shut Quake, up of that's Quake not test. how old it is <laughs> yeah <laughs> get out 20, sadly it is that's not 25 it's not q test isn't 25 years old oh sorry 20 maybe it's 20, 20. oh sorry no it was actually 20 on the dot 20, yeah something okay, else okay 26th anniversary this don't year. Okay. but yeah anyway <laughs> go away. sorry Watch out. <laughs> i just saved you six years but anyway um and, yeah yeah um, 20 years Deviled eggers. Yeah, double double eggers. That's all I can hear. It looks like a. It looks like Quake One in in terms of mm-hmm. uh, it's, it's brown. It's it is pretty brown and it's got a lot. It's like um, Quake One, but with monster design that's closer to Doom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like a weird blend. Yeah, yeah, but with sort of a lot of um, uh, visual effects and lighting that can only be done with more modern technology, but running at low resolution the way that you would have played quake or something in 1996 yeah. and essentially you only have like the nail gun and the shotgun <clears throat> you yeah you you upgrade your gun over time so what oh, this is this cool. is like a very sort of constrained arena game where you're just dropped into the middle of it and then demonic enemies just start being spawned in and they just never ever ever stop being spawned in and you at the beginning have you know as you were saying spaff basically 
two weapons. Um, you have a sort of rapid fire nail gun kind of thing. And then you have a big blast shotgun and you just have to survive as long as you can. Uh, and that's the entire game. And it's really, really, really intense. It's an incredibly intense game. God, I really want to play more of it. Yeah. I pl- I've played you a bunch of it. Five yeah, I mean, I played, I played two <laughs> yeah. rounds of it. And yeah. I was like, okay, good. This is perfect. Mm-hmm. I will play mm-hmm. this a lot. I have played a lot of... The funny thing is, so I had... My first play session with it, I played a ton. You know, the first time I went in, I died in about 10 seconds because I didn't know I didn't know what it was, which was really cool. I loaded it up and I had absolutely no idea what this game was. I just saw that... I think Steve yeah. at replied me on Twitter and he's like, this is your jam. And so I, I'm like, okay. So I got it. And... Uh, and I played a bunch more rounds and I got up to, you know, in my first session, I think I got up to maybe 50 something seconds. And, uh, and then I quit the game and in my steam thing, it was like total time played eight minutes. <laughs> I, like, no, what? I mean, it felt like I, it felt like I've been playing for an hour, you know what I mean? But it's mm-hmm. so, you know, there are, there are times where you'll start over and you're, you think, okay, I'm going to try a different strategy that, you know, this time I'm going to try right. evading them as long mm-hmm. as I can, uh, or be this time I'm going to be really opportunistic or, uh, and sort of just fire when I have a good angle, or this time I'm going to try and wipe everything out as quickly as possible, as soon as it spawns. And, you know, you have to learn the enemy behaviors, um, because the game doesn't tell you anything and you, you know, there's just all sorts of stuff you have to just learn by trial and error because that's, that's it. Uh, some of it you intuit if you're someone who just plays a lot of video games but you know like any game with systems you have to learn them and so some of your rounds go really quickly and some of them don't and i it it's one of those games that is so intense and you're so completely in the moment for every fraction of a second that you're playing it that it does feel like longer this may be a weird comparison but it feels like uh a quake sort of like paste version of super hexagon to me yeah <laughs> you know yeah, what yeah, i mean no, I totally. it's like it's sort of the same yeah, yeah. like your you your high score is 70 up, seconds ever. so it feels like that's that's eh, about the same kind of pace and then yeah. so slowly learning the patterns yeah. as you kind of progress up to like oh no i'm 20 seconds and this is kind of what i need to be doing and like yeah, yeah. it's definitely in that the, you know there's a genre of game now that is it's more on mobile it's the thing where you fire mm-hmm. it up play one round and put it away you know when you're on the bus or in a queue waiting for sandwiches or something yeah or just for a brief break but i can feel it getting its hooks in me because you know 20 years ago that game for me was quake and i just yeah. fire mm-hmm. that up have a 10 minute round of quake and then move on and do something else and then yep. you know like every day i would do at least one little like fuck it i'm gonna play quake now whether it was online or just with yeah. bots. and so this is like i can feel it <clears throat> You know, those old tendencies like, oh, God, <laughs> this is yeah. good. I love that. Yeah. Well, and if you Quake. if you were someone who played Quake at a young age, mm. even if you haven't. I mean, it's been a long time since I played a, um, a sort of an uncompromising PC Twitch shooter, you know, mm-hmm. which is just not a genre that's really in fashion. These, You know, Nick, you were saying it reminded you of Serious Sam. Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> yeah. that was that was one of those. But it's there. Are, there it's just not a thing that there are that is really as much in the yeah. in the air these days. But I feel like if you ever had a period where you were really into that, especially if you were younger and still in that sort of mushy brain 
moldable. I feel like I'm now in the mushy yeah. brain. It's, stage. A, it's a different mushy brain. Okay, right. When you're young, your brain is mushy and it like soaks everything up and becomes better at things. And now it's squeezing now it all it's out. Just, yeah, now it's just, just being leaking. wrung out by yeah. life and just everything is dripping out of our skulls. Um, and then our skulls like explode into fire and chase a guy around a little map and, right. and are shot. And then a crush shotgun. beneath the stomping foot of a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Atlas robot. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, this game is really cool. It's uh, it's really intense. I mean, I don't, I can't imagine playing it, picking it up and playing one round of it, and then not playing anymore. But I think the equivalent of one round in this game is probably, you know, a dozen rounds. It depends until how you, good you get at it, because you know, at yeah. some point you might be getting into the five minutes. Survivable yeah, survivable time there, or something yeah, if you're really good at least at the time we're recording this and it you know who knows if this is still true now but there's one person in the world who has the steam achievement for 500 seconds wow, wow. yeah Jeez. and, and, you and can, it's nick you Brecken. can watch this <laughs> <laughs> you can watch this person play on twitch and youtube and it is crazy i Man. mean it is, it is one of those things where it just makes it you watch him do it and you're like oh yeah i could just i could just do that Right. Not, not because you think you're amazing, but just because he's making it look easy. He just I makes mean, it just, look so easy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that in itself is what's so incredible. If you've actually played it mm-hmm. and you realize, Oh, he, he hasn't been hit a <clears throat> single time in all in these 500 seconds. He has not been touched by any enemies because it's one hit kill and that's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like um, oh, it's called Devil Daggers again. In case we haven't said the name of the game in a while, actually, ahead, one of Nate. the things I like about Hexagon, um, I, don't, I don't, I suppose this game doesn't have this, but I liked the fact that once you got sort of good enough at the base game, that they had kind of the skip to the basic, like the eighty-second difficulty oh, mark. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like the I modes were that. basically like different. They were different modes in the sense that the leaderboards were all you know uh, isolated to those modes, but like it was basically just oh now I'm like I'm just skipping to the hard part of this i know because like when you watch speed runs people will just you know they just they've got the first hour down and then it's like that last little bit that just gets really fucking hard and then the whole run can be ruined and i feel the same way about games like this where like eventually i'll just get good enough that you know the first 60 seconds i'm just kind of doing my thing Mm -hmm. and then it gets it's the actual challenge gets baked in at the end and i feel like it's it's smart to have those you know have that skip because eventually i'll just get tired of I was yeah. I was thinking about that recently. That's a it's a weird design challenge. I was thinking about that in the context of something like Spelunky because mm, someone yeah. someone linked the old video someone put together that was sort of a highlight reel of my first 99 days of Spelunky oh, Daily challenge, that, yeah. which is mainly the death part of each day. And mm-hmm. I, and I was thinking, you know, I, um, it's a long video, so I didn't watch the whole thing. But I was thinking, um, you know, after I played this game, this you know. I, because it starts on my first daily challenge and I, you know, I'm not good at the game at all at the time. And then, you know, after a few weeks and then a few months, I'm better and better. And the, you, you kind of crest a point where the beginning several levels of that game are sort of just nothing. I mean, you can still make a dumb mistake <clears throat> and die. And I definitely do that mm-hmm. uh, as, as probably many people do. And obviously I'm not like a world-class Blunky player, uh, but there's definitely you definitely get to a point where those early levels are kind of just routine. The run starts at the store, basically. Yeah, exactly. Exa- at the secret, yeah. the secret, yeah, uh, secret market shop. or whatever yeah. black market, and um, but it's still fun, you yeah, know, because like the game has enough. It's a complex enough 
game. I mean, it's a very simple game in some ways, but the combination mm. of all the simple elements make for something really varied and, and complex. And I was thinking how difficult it must be to actually design for a game that is simultaneously really hard so that it's the beginning levels are not actually easy mm. for anyone until they know what they're doing. But then the game ramps up and challenge enough that it can become true that you find the later levels very difficult and the early levels no longer difficult, but also not boring. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, a, it's really impressive. I mean, it's really impressive yeah. and not very obvious in terms was, of how to design that. It's kind of, when you're talking about that, when you're like talking about learning a thing and the first 60 seconds becoming just part and parcel yeah. of your thing and you have to get over with um, it almost feels like it's performance. It almost feels like you've learned a song, you're playing mm. music and you've, I know I'm not a musician, but this is the way it feels to me. Like, you know, there must be a point where you've learned a piece of a song and it's kind of boring, but you have to play that bit to get to the crazy solo bit. But you don't, learn. but you don't, not when <clears throat> you're practicing. Well, you can, yeah, when you're not, when you're practicing, but if you're yeah. going for the full thing. Mm-hmm. So it's part, you know, it, sure, you can skip and spelunky to the later levels straight away, but that's not really... You know, that's for practice. If you're really doing a run, you need to start at the beginning and get all the right. way through. Sure. Um, so similarly, you know, if you're playing a cool piece of music, yeah, you can practice the solo, but it's all about getting to that mm-hmm. thing and then busting it out. And then, I don't know, that's what yeah. it feels like. No, it's totally that's true. That's, yeah, it's a good analogy. Yeah. If you're playing four people, playing a video game definitely is a form of performance. Yeah. I, w- I was um, thinking about this because, you know, the game that I worked on, Firewatch, came out two weeks ago. And that is not obviously a game that is built for live streaming. Um, It's not a game that is going to, you know, it's a single player narrative game. So it's not a game that is going to be a sort of staple of live streams. But nonetheless, because it's just a thing people do these days, people live streamed it. And I, I, you know, I watched a few live streams and it's even with a game like that, that is not in any way built to be um, performative or a demonstration of skill. There are definitely streamers who just have the knack for video game performance and make the, the mm-hmm. play, their experience playing a completely single player narrative driven experience, a fun, entertaining, um, performative sort of piece. And then people who just don't have that, <laughs> just haven't really perfected that skill in the same way or not perfected, but have, you know, haven't really developed that skill as much. And it's just kind of someone playing a video game, mm-hmm. you know? And it, I, that was so interesting to me that even in a game that is totally not, um, biased towards, uh, entertaining secondhand performance. Um, it is totally possible to bring out performative elements in it. I think performance is becoming a really big part of games now. I think yeah. it, you know, now that Twitch is so heavily in, ingrained, people performing a video game, uh, be it on their own or together, mm-hmm. is going to become more and more of a thing. I remember working at, when I was at Media Molecule, and um, those guys are working on Dreams, which you've probably seen. Somewhere. That's the studio that made Little Big Planet. Yeah, that's right. Um, and their new thing is like Little Big Planet times a million, um, and a lot of the the thinking from their um, their art director Kareem, he was all about like building a game where people could watch other people creating or painting or performing or like puppeteering things and making the game kind of all about that so that some people sure like creating some people don't but watching someone uh, mm-hmm. like you know build stuff and building a, a system around that so that it really facilitates <clears throat> that, that stuff that's cool um 
don't know. I like performance. I mean, well, I mean, it, it makes sense that you know Twitch just opened up a whole creative channel that is just that's people true, yeah. and they put that Bob Ross and, yeah. and, and you know playing yeah. music and, and yeah. you know, I mean, it's like it's a you know it fits in with what we're talking about. Yeah. Oh man, did you see the uh, Bob Ross voice pack for XCOM Two? <laughs> no, oh, that's really oh, good. Oh man, yeah. Someone, someone, you can make uh, just la- alternate language packs that you know sort of are in the same list as the actual earth yeah. language localizations but they can just be whatever so there's a, there's, <laughs> there's this one person who's made uh an arnold schwarzenegger one a darth vader one and a bob ross one and it's really good it is it the, the darth vader ones and the arnold schwarzenegger ones are kind of good and funny in the exact way you would expect i mean it's mm-hmm. just literally quotes from star wars quotes from arnold schwarzenegger movies placed in appropriate situations um, the main standout of the Arnold Schwarzenegger one is whenever he misses a shot, he just goes, son of a bitch. That's <laughs> really funny. Um, so that's, that's pretty good. But, you know, it's, other, it's basically what you'd expect it to be. The Bob Ross one is incredibly interesting because Bob Ross has essentially never exclaimed anything yeah. in his life. He's, you know, he sort of yeah. comfortingly reassures you about things. And so even when he's you know, headshotting an alien or, you know, like <laughs> busting through a window or something. He's still just kind of going, that's nice. <laughs> Let's get some that's happy so little clouds on there. Right. It's, it's so really he's the most sadistic, bloodthirsty killer of all time. <laughs> yeah. He's really, he's just sort of under, hmm, yes. <laughs> like, it's, it's like, it's like having more bodies. <laughs> it doesn't, but it doesn't actually come off that way. Really? Yeah, oh, okay. It comes so off he's just like, a very kind. It comes off like Mr. Yeah. Rogers trying to, trying to keep everyone calm, mm. even though like the most terrible thing. Imaginable so this is what is the robots on. will adapt. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they will just as they're crushing the skulls. Yes. There uh, you, oh yeah. Well just, done. Let's just everyone just be, nice. yeah, just <laughs> chill out. Yeah. This is not a hockey stick. It's fine. <laughs> just put your skull here. <laughs> God, speaking of XCOM, uh, I have a, just a short, weird thing that happened to me. Where I made my dad in the game, you know, because every you always <laughs> yeah. just make people you know. Yeah. Uh, and I realized that because the well, so like this, this does is it stupid. look like your dad? Well, yeah, kind of, and um, which is weird, but also, um, you know, my dad. Uh, we used to go skiing. That was kind of our like family thing. And for like ten years, my dad wore this one piece ski suit that was just bright purple with like neon green. It was like nine, the most nineties thing imaginable. Just yeah. like neon green highlights. And I realized like, Oh, because you have like the primary and secondary colors, I can just recreate. <laughs> and you're basically wearing like this, you know, art like thing that looks it's like, like a nineties kill bill. Yeah, uh, basically. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so I made my dad with the like, you know, white hair and the goatee that he's got. And he just looks like my dad and it says John Brecken and his name his nickname is Brecky, which everybody calls Brecky. him. And then I, of course I made myself and, you know, a bunch of other people. And, you know, I don't like to, the people that I've like, you know, t- taken the time to customize, I usually don't put them all on the same mission in case it goes badly. And, and I don't, you know, all my friends die at the same time. That would, that, would be, that would be, you know, a yeah. bummer. It's very That's like, oh, I'm going to just restart at that point. So it's, it's kind of like uh, a coincidence that I just ended up on a mission where I was like, you know, a, a, a heavy dude and my dad was a heavy dude. And so we were just like the two guys with the big machine guns mm-hmm. just on the front lines together doing it for the first time. <laughs> and I was like really excited. And it turned out to be the most disastrous possible mission for this <laughs> oh, to no. occur. Like it was the hardest thing that had happened to that point. Like 
all the enemies were inside this enormous building and they were just they had me completely flanked and my snipers just were missing every shot and it was just a mess and then an alien came out and you know the the little uh gray guys yeah and he uh he mind controlled my dad (gasps) oh no and on the next turn i just i missed all the shots on that guy and my dad just turns to the left and just mows me down. And it says, John Brecken oh, no. killed Nick Brecken. <laughs> <laughs> in the bottom left corner. And it was really weird because, like, you know, the animation for, like, killing doesn't change when you're mind controlled. So he was just like, I'm killing this thing. And, and then I yeah. just, you know, I'm just, his son is just lying there in a pool of blood. And then he wakes up, you know. <laughs> just imagine it. He's like, oh, I killed my son. Oh, Darn! Like what? Do you, and then he just yeah, goes on like your, he just your, goes he just goes oh, on darn. like darn. completing his mission and you know and then you know the loading screen he just looked all bummed you know it was just it was a weird it was it was surreal actually it was completely weird yeah. anyway well I hope you enjoyed that taste of our robot future yeah exactly <laughs> when, yeah pretty much when your mind controlled father <laughs> <Right>. anyway <laughs> should we take a break sure. This episode of Idle Thumbs was brought to you by Squarespace. Squarespace is the fastest, easiest, most convenient, most compatible way to create your own website, portfolio, blog, or online store. If you go to squarespace.com and use the offer code THUMBS at checkout, you can get 10% off. Also, if you sign up for a year you get a free domain name. One Idle Thumbs reader who seems to have gotten a pretty cool domain name and made a website with it uh, is reader Dante, who used Squarespace to create his new personal website, Dante.cool. So that <laughs> one's, Excellent that choice. one's locked down. That one is not, no, that website is no longer available to you. Mm-hmm. But NickBrecken.cool. That's maybe true. Maybe it's available if you maybe. want that. Now can, it won't be. <laughs> there's a time. There's a time limit on that. No, he, he's not going to get it in time. You can you can probably go and get nickreckon.cool uh. and put whatever you want on it, and then <laughs> somebody in. did that. So well, we mentioned a thing on this, like nickreckon.whatever. Then somebody just sniped it immediately. It was the my mom <laughs> thing. There was like mom Nick Brecken's diary or something, and somebody just sniped it before I could even grab oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> well, if you want to, you could go to squarespace.com. And use the offer code THUMBS for 10% mm. off. Uh, and if you want to get your wacky domain name before anyone else Yeah, maybe I will. Does, you can sign up for a year. Uh, Squarespace is very easy to use. They have sort of a drag and drop interface. It's what you see is what you get. So you basically edit the website as what the final published version looks like. So changes are just as you do them, the website changes. It's really, really, really easy. Squarespace.com. And the promo code THUMBS for 10% off. Thanks, Squarespace. Thanks. Video game. I played a couple of little, little games. Oh, yeah. One of them is Overcooked. Have you seen Overcooked? Never no. heard of it. Overcooked is a four-player uh, cooperative or uh, two-on-two uh, cooking game. Huh. Which, oh, man. it's actually really cool. You, you're in a kitchen... Um, the story mode is there's four of you and you have to essentially just run a kitchen very like there's a grill station and there's a serving station and there's food bins and is there's first person you have to chop it. It's like a top down kind of, mm. I guess, isometric, it's mm. very, you know, very arcadey. Yeah. But you have to 
cooperate, you know, cooperate pretty effectively to get the food out because you need to get food, chop it, you know, put it in a certain uh, pot or a thing for like fry the meat for the burger, put it in the bun, get the lettuce, get the tomato that you've previously cooked, serve that on a plate and you know, put it onto the serving area. Then it comes back dirty and you have to wash it. You've got limited numbers of plates. So it's like, a, it's really frantic. It's against the mm-hmm. clock and you're running around. But if you don't have, you know, like there's a real kitchen. Someone has to be the grill master. Someone has to, you know, be in charge of chopping food or whatever. Uh, and it gets increasingly more stupid and, uh, <laughs> you know, like complicated sure, as course. it, you know, there'll be certain kitchens that are designed to prevent you from accessing all of the items so uh one of you can chop something and also wash stuff but Mm -hmm. can't access the food or access the plates that come back dirty so you have to like you know shepherd things around and and hand them to each other um it's not actually out yet i don't think but it's coming soon and it's yeah it's really cool i really like co-op games and if you're playing a four-player co-op game, a lot of the time it's like a dungeon crawling mm, game or right. something yeah, like that. Yeah, and yeah. Um, the, the co-op in it is cool um, and you work together, but this is like such a, you know, you're required to work together so much mm-hmm. and be so uh, coordinated. It's kind of going back to that stuff about performance again. Like you really yeah. have to have your team efforts down, almost like a raid in, in WoW or something where everyone has to like know their role and yeah, yeah, yeah. perform it to the you know the best of their abilities i recently played um keep talking and nobody explodes oh, yeah. for the first time and that that feels very similar yeah yeah like that game's awesome what's uh, the i think we've talked about it before but it's super like two sentence rundown of that oh yeah i mean it's just uh so it's a it's a game about uh, diffusing a bomb and one person is the guy who's actually cutting the wires and looking at the screen and um that person is not allowed to see the other people who are um, or person in in the case um, as the case may be, and the other people are, are looking at a manual um, that's just on the internet as a PDF, and the manual basically describes how to solve the puzzles that the person who's looking at the bomb needs to needs to decode and, and solve so the bomb doesn't explode and there's a time limit and it's just you know it's it's all about communication between two people which is kind of kind of similar to this and it, it's just uh, yeah it's really fun it's like you have to actually work together. But also, they're in a like time <laughs> in this like crazy intense way, which just can be good and bad. <laughs> yeah, when, when uh, like I have never played Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes, but I yeah. I've seen it set up at conventions and stuff. And the best is when it's instead of being a PDF on the internet, it's actually it's an actual a, a manual. Tome yeah, that yeah. is printed out, in, and the yeah. bomb person has VR headset. Oh yeah, so they have like a mm-hmm. you know three D device in front of them and can't literally can't see it. Yeah, around them. yeah, that's a cool design thing. I'm into the to games a bit. I mean, Space Team has oh, a yeah. thing a bit Space like that going yeah, on, yeah, but yeah. in a way more frantic, mm-hmm. stupid way. Mm-hmm. Um, the card game of that uh, came out actually. Have you seen? Oh that? yeah, oh. no. I mean, I know that it it exists, but I've not played it yet. They really managed to capture the you know the feeling of that game. That's really and cool. It, it's not exactly the same, but it um, it captures that feeling and, and you know, this frantic round the table madness where. It, each of you has a deck of tools in your hand and then you have a, a deck on the table of issues that are going to arise mm-hmm. that require certain tools and it will the cards will have descriptors on them either by name or like icon or type and you have to kind of scream like i need a thing with it looks like a spanner then it's got like a you know a, i don't even know what this is ah! and you're like screaming around the room 
and you have to pass the tools to people, but you're not allowed to pass directly to someone. You have to pass it round the table to your left and to your right. Yeah, so you have okay, to like, yeah. Nick, give that to Chris. Okay, uh, I need a thing. You know, it's just this frantic, stupid thing. I like it. Good. <laughs> that sounds really good. Yeah. Yes, frantic madness. So overcooked though is a good one too. Yes, overcooked. Yeah, yeah check. You're that definitely a connoisseur out. of sort of wacky, <laughs> frantic, competitive or cooperative. Uh, games. Yeah, I like that stuff. Yeah. I don't know why. It's good. Yeah, There's something about it. I really like co-op games over competitive games. Mm-hmm. Really there aren't enough. Me I mean, that. it's funny. Like, I actually went on Steam um, and was just looking for like a local co-op mm. game to play, and uh, that's how I ended up playing Keep Talking and Nobody Explodes. But there still aren't really that many. Like, it's it's still it feels like um, by now. I it just in my mind I was like oh there's gonna be a list of a bunch of games that I missed and really in terms of you know like stuff that's interesting and and you know kind of the games we're talking about there aren't that many like it feels like um you know I'm well, glad that people are another good one that came out recently is Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time have you played that mm-hmm. oh. okay uh, I think we talked about this before on, mm-hmm. on the cast actually but in brief uh, you're in a spaceship and there's two of you and to make it fly there you're like there's a console that makes it move. There's a console that fires the gun on the left, mm. one on the right, one on the top, one on the bottom. And you have to run around inside the spaceship and you can only access one terminal at once. So if you want to power the shields uh, and fire and like use some guns, then you're like running back and forth. Mm-hmm. So you, again, you have to coordinate between the two of you or like, yeah. you know, take the roles. Like, okay, I'll be the, I'll drive us around if you are in charge of shields and then together we'll do the guns and, yeah, that's another that's cool. thing. That just came out on PS4. It's been out on Xbox for a little while. Um, and PC. Lo- Lovers in a Dangerous Space Time is truly one of the great titles. Yeah. 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 Really good. Really good. Yeah. Um, I played another game um, fairly briefly, but enough to enjoy it. I think you'd be into, Chris. Yeah. Um, it's called Tower Climb. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has nothing to do with Tower Fall, even though it suggests right. like it's a sequel or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> It's more, it's kind of like a downwell, spelunky kind of thing. That's a lazy mm. descriptor for you. But it is, uh, you, instead of like spelunky, you start at the top and head down. This is start at the bottom of a tower and head up. Okay, sure. It's also four-player cop if you need it to be. It's way more frantic than spelunky, but it's equally brutal. It's procedurally generated. Yeah. Uh, you know, you have to climb up these towers on the way you collect various resources that will help you, but they allow you to double jump or Mm. move quicker uh, occasionally, but you really, really have to conserve them because if you use them like willy nilly, you might get to a point where you just can't continue Mm. and you screw yourself up. You know, you have the ability to blow stuff up just like you do in Spelunky and change the, the layout. But because you're going up instead of like Spelunky, you can always try and fall down um, as long as you're not going too far, but this, you know, you can reach a point where you just can't go up right. anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, you can climb walls, you can jump, you can find springs and stuff. Uh, sometimes the levels will just have a random, uh, like bonus thing to screw you over. Like, oh, there's lava in this level. It's going to rise really quickly. Oh, so yeah. you have to like, you know, keep going. Or there's a giant crazy worm swimming around that will eat you. Um, there's all these funny enemies and there's so many different ways of dying and they every single one of them they like mark on a little journal for you and it's like oh you died this way here and hmm. like you can kind of browse through all your different deaths and they've got little uh, 
illustrations of each one for you, which yes. is nice. Uh, but yeah, that that game is really cool. It's been in development for a long, long time, but I, it's brutally hard. And Chris, I think you should play it. Is cool. it out? Is it out now? Yeah, I think it is. We played it. I'm I'm not 100 percent sure if it's just like a the beginning of it is out now, but mm. I feel like it is out. You can this definitely game, buy this, it and play it. This game has apparently been in development for years and years because yeah, someone said ten years, but I think oh it's more. I don't know if it's five or. I, don't know. I mean, there's there's a uh, there's a rock paper shotgun article about it from March 2012, and. The game was already in beta at the time, which means <laughs> it had been in development for a while before then. And that was four years ago. God, that makes my stomach queasy. Yeah. And yeah. I, I mean, the, obviously, this doesn't mean anything. But looking at a screenshot of it, it still looks representative of what it looks like now, mm. you know, as of 2012. Um, and uh, Adam Smith at Rock Paper Shotgun sort of has impressions of it. And to read this, you'd think, oh, this is a game that is probably out coming then. out soon. It's in yeah. beta and someone's playing it and talking positively about it um but oh my god four years later i guess it came out for real yeah it's jam-packed with different enemies and different things and different scenarios like it's really crazy detail yeah, that's interesting it must it um, must be a really really small team if they can afford to yeah i think so to do that yeah it has a really interesting look as well it's like this very you know it's pixel art um almost like nidhog or something where it's kind mm. of you know its own mishmash of yeah pixels but then the special effects are all like crazy <laughs> like extreme yeah uh, nice modern kind of lighting effects and stuff um but yeah it's it's really good i kind of shitty at it but i imagine it'll be a lot easier single player um the four player you know you just create <laughs> chaos. It's just yeah, madness yeah, course, just right. madness i know yeah. you know it's not the kind. I guess it is if you're really, really good at it, but it's very different from like Overcooked, where you'd be coordinating and stuff because mm-hmm. it's way more just like frantic. Yeah, but you'd still need a, a bit of that um, if I you're going to try and get through it. There are definitely games um, where the co-op, co-op is included, and you kind of play it, and it's sort of fun, and then eventually it just sort of falls away. And Splunky yeah. is one of those where Nick, you and I played some a decent amount of cops Spelunky. We did a few years ago, yeah. but it's sort of, it never really got past being an insane novelty, yeah. you know, because it's just so destructive. It's, it was pretty <laughs> gross. Yeah. Uh, just, just, just making the decision to jump off a cliff to a lower level was like a, a intense yeah. thing. I remember yeah. just like, Oh God, but it's a fun experience to share. Even so I don't yeah, know. It's, I still it's, go back to it. Yeah. Um, it's fun. Have you ever played with, um, co-op with Patrick Klepik, who you know, you guys were doing that trade-off. No, we, no, we, no, I never have. That would be a fun. I don't think is this the, is there thing to watch. I don't think I've ever played um, Splunky Co-op anything other than locally. Can you play it online? I don't know. It's a good question. I do not know. Yeah, no, but I've mm. not played with Patrick. Not not cooperatively. Mm. Only only in brutal asynchronous <laughs> competition. <laughs> God, I'm doing that right now with um, uh, a reader on uh, oh, Just really? Cause Three. A little bit. I need to oh, get back to it. Oh, some, because someone's on your friend list, and you're... yeah, and and uh, he listened to the podcast and just said, "Oh, you think you're good at, at, at these stupid challenges, huh?" And just like, <laughs> well, actually, what I he said was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. What you said was he saw like all of his challenges get wiped out at once as I went through and right. just eclipsed him, and then I loaded it up and was just infuriated, and I couldn't figure out. It's not easy to see like which. 
part of the island I have to go to to like like you know beat that specific challenge. So it took some like legwork to figure out what I had to go do. And then it turned out to just be a stupid like racing one. I don't care about the racing ones, people. Just <laughs> just the wingsuit. If you can beat my wingsuit times, have at it. Have at it. Is I hear a declaration? Yeah, that's have at it, sir. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, hilarious. Should I mention that I beat basketball before we? Oh man, do reader mail. So, so you- people were asking me whether I had completed the uh, NBA campaign after talking about NBA 2K16 uh, last week, and so I finally went and just you know finished the last game in the first season, which is ostensibly the end of the story, right? quote unquote and uh yeah pe- people were preparing me for like the insanity that uh this that would ensue and it's true the end of this game is ridiculous so you you have this childhood friend spoilers yeah I guess. spoilers i guess oh, God. NBA 2K Spike 2K Lee's starring nick brecken nba 2k16 um dot cool yeah <laughs> <laughs> um so the you know, the story of this game is that you are playing as an inner city kid that whatever goes through high school and, we, you know, he's a phenomenal player and then he gets to get into college and wins the national championship and, you know, and all the great things happen to you. But then you have this buddy that, of course, is the hanger on kind of guy that just never he's sort of, you know, part of your posse, but he never has really done anything with his life. Uh, and so that's just sort of like a background thing that's just like, he's just like, hey, freak, how you doing? Yeah, woo! And he's just cheering for you in the stands. And then you get to the end of the game and like, you know, you uh, are like the best guy. Does he get killed or something? Yeah, <laughs> and then like there's a phone what? call in the middle of this like, what? you know, moment of elation, of course. And it's just like, I'm sorry to tell you that Vic uh, was ch- uh, in a car chase. <laughs> no way. And he was killed. <laughs> Uh, after his car, he lost control of his car, and um, so sorry about that. And then, like, your guy, <laughs> because you can customize your character, the animations for your dude just look at, like varying levels of absurd. So, like, when he starts crying, his face just scrunches up. <laughs> and his like Kermit the like Frog huge. or something? Like, yeah, like, it's oh. like, yeah, exactly. It's like Yoda, you know, just like somebody's <laughs> hand inside my mouth. And then, like, there's no, like... You know, the the crying, you know, it's just the sweat uh, tech, you know, but just coming out of his eyeballs. And so it's just, like, so your guy gets sad. What? And then it cuts to you on the same, like, playground, uh, like, basketball court that the game begins at uh, with you and your, um, I think, sister. And, um, you know, it's like, oh, you know, I'm going to be the best guy. And I'm Vic, blah, blah, blah. And, and then you start walking off. Uh, the court and it looks like it's going to fade out and that's going to be the end of the game and then you'll go on to the next season and it'll you know blah 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 then Vic back from the dead (laughs) walks onto the court passes you (laughs) and sits down on the bench with a pad with like a legal pad and now like (laughs) now you have no idea what's going on then you very quickly realize, oh, this is just the ghost of Vic come to like <laughs> read this pad, this note that he wrote. Turns out it's a suicide note. Oh my god! Oh, but god. he died Heavy. in a car chase. Okay, so what? Yeah, it's it makes no sense at all. But so he sits there and he's he's reading and he's like, you know, just wanted to let you know a little bit of like who I am, it's- Vic. This is me. It this is playing this is like Eminem or something. Yeah. Dear basketball guy. <laughs> <laughs> and this cutscene goes on where he's reading the suicide note 
for like 10 minutes. He's just, this is the, it's like the longest cutscene in the whole game is this guy just talking to camera with a weird mocap, you know, thing. And he's got this pad and he's just reading this note and he's, the note itself is insane. He's just like talking about how he's like, oh, I never was going to do anything with my life. But, <laughs> but you know, uh, your mom, uh, freak, your name is freak reminder. Your mom, your mom, man, she was the best. And, oh, man, she was, like, really hot, too. What anyway, the and then, like, your girlfriend, she's the best. But, I mean, I mean, again, she's, like, Not as really hot as hot. your mom. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it is, like, the content of this note is completely nuts. So I'm like, okay, this is like building up to something. Like, mm-hmm. are you going to play in the Ghost League now as Vic? Like, what do you, what is this, what is this actually going to be? And then he gets done with this 10 minute note and it just fades out. And that's the actual end of the whole story. What? It's just this 10 minute suicide it's note. Good. And it just ends on this note of just like, well, I'm dead. And then, uh, and then Freak like goes, fart. this one's for Vic. And he jumps up and he does like a slam dunk. <laughs> and then it freeze frames and it goes black and white. And then it just says, Vic. Like nineteen eighty one, two thousand sixteen. It says died your in a car mom crash. is hot. Yeah, your mom is hot. <laughs> <laughs> no. The way that it and actually plays is it cuts to the mocap studio and Spike Lee has put all of the mocap actors on a Wait, dolly. Wait, is this real? Yeah, this is real. Okay. He's put all the mocap actors on a dolly, one after another, and done these shots of them giving shout-outs. But, you know, it's like the Spike Lee's signature, like, dolly thing. If you've seen, like, Malcolm X or whatever, he puts people on dollies, yeah. puts the camera on, so it looks like the earth is moving underneath them. Yeah. But he's just doing that in a mocap studio. And then Spike Lee's there, and he's like, ah, we're all on a dolly here. It's my signature filmmaking. He actually just says, like, it's my signature, really? like, filmmaking effect. <laughs> <laughs> and I just thought it'd be funny to do this anyway. And then he like for pulls off a mask, and he's Vic underneath. <laughs> Your mom's hot. Yeah. <laughs> and then it freeze frames again. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then they just have a group selfie, and that's the end of a the, group the, selfie. Yeah. And, and then it freeze frames again. Yeah. And then it, <laughs> and it says, "Dolly, my signature move." Mm-hmm. In quotes. Signed, yeah. your hot mom, <laughs> your <Yeah>. hot mom, <laughs> anyway. and your dead friend. <laughs> Suicide car chase. Yeah, there are probably nuances to this that I'm missing that people will write in and tell me about because I skipped every other cutscene so other bef- than the last one. So before might, all of this, that is contributing. Eh, although eh, I don't think so. So before all of this is just this is a basketball game, mm-hmm. like fucking John Madden football, or whatever. It's just no. like you're playing. What the when did? <laughs> When did sports games become like The Walking Dead or something in between? Yeah. When like Spike you know, Lee started directing Spike the story Lee's, mode. Yeah, we need what we need to do is bring basketball games into the modern era. Well, They're know, not emotional know, a, enough. A funny there's, thing about when it does seem like there's something when Hollywood, not always, but frequently, when Hollywood people are sort of invited to come and do something in a video game, it often seems like they feel like they need to sort of do something subversive to like mm. invert the medium mm-hmm. and be very self-conscious about the right. fact that they're in a video game. Yeah. You know, like we're the, gonna make people cry. No, no, I don't. I'm gonna I make mean. boom blocks. No, no, that's not what I mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean, like the the like talking to the camera or being like blowing your mind because it's actually a video game. Like what the the Wachowskis did yes, when they exactly. made yeah. Enter the Enter right. the Matrix, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. then they're just there <laughs> at the end talking to you. I, I feel like that kind of thing happens not all the time, but also more frequently than it should mm. where Hollywood people are like, 
video games are some kind of weird futuristic thing and we've got to like turn it inside out <laughs> and it's not good enough to just make it like a normal story it's got to be like yeah. self-conscious and weird and yeah it doesn't it really doesn't have to be that yeah um usually those things are not good ideas yeah <laughs> <laughs> What if you put me in the game? Me, Spike Lee. Yeah. Well, I was like, even, oh, okay, Spike. Even Jeff Goldblum in that weird secret oh, yeah, of the Goldblum. Jurassic yeah. Park game. Oh, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, you hey. beat the game. Good job. You did it, you dark. No, you get know? outside. <laughs> Blow the snake off you. Yeah. Like, why Why do Hollywood people have to yeah. come and like put themselves on the screen in the video game? Yeah, it's I don't really understand weird. it. It's very odd. Maybe it's just they feel like, oh, well, if you got me, I guess you may as well, like, use me yeah. but for, like, goes, star power. But then the, the hilarious, like, sort of doubling back on itself version of that is David Cage, who's not a famous mm. Hollywood person, but clearly right. wishes <laughs> that he were. Mm. And so then he pulls, like, the reverse Hollywood double back maneuver yeah. to then mocap himself in his own games and then talk to you from inside the virtual world. Yeah. So that's... That's, I feel like that is further demonstration of my point. Just the kind of guy who wishes he were actually doing the thing I'm describing. Yeah. So he does it anyway. It's true. Yeah. 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 I don't know. You I'm glad. I'm glad that basketball fans have got this. Yeah. Beautiful oh yeah. No, emotional I mean, story. To it's uh, it's a real something. <laughs> I, I mean, it's so weird because then the next season begins and it's just... A normal basketball well, game? Well, it's that and then like occasionally the commentators will mention Vic. You know, it's just like... you <laughs> like, be like, oh, you know, Freak's best friend Vic died and like, man, that's got to affect a player, but like he got back out there and he, you know, it seems like he's, you know just he's gonna put in his best effort and blah 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 does it but, like uh, empower like as a player you're like oh god i better make this final game <laughs> like really count for Vic. In honor i better of Vic not and my hot it's like mom. a final boss basically like right. uh, i gotta really play this exactly the same game of basketball i've been playing this whole right. time maybe uh, if i make really this well. dunk Vic will walk yeah. out again <laughs> like you'll be there Go, the mom. ghost yeah of Vic. yeah he's playing beside you you eat like past him it just goes through him and hits some guy in the audience or whatever like oh but that person is the crucial talent scout who then i don't know why you need a talent scout if you're already in the nba but whatever you know but then he notices you because you know right. it's a talent scout for uh space jam 2 or that's something right, <laughs> right. yeah no that's 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 true <laughs> this guy plays basketball with an emotional level i've never seen before <laughs> <laughs> It's as though the ghost of his dead friend is possessing him <laughs> and heightening all of his emotions. Uh, anyway. Should we do some reader mail? Yeah. Sure. All right. So, Justin Brown writes, Hello, Thumbs. The other XCOM alike you were thinking of is Xenonauts. It was yeah. announced in response to 2K's controversial stance on how modern audiences could only accept XCOM as a first-person shooter, with President Christoph Hartman likening it to Ray Charles in the style of Kanye West. <laughs> for this game, obviously 2K did not stick to that because they made a, an XCOM game. Yeah. Um, for this game, they doubled down on the management aspects, putting more focus on base building, the geoscape, and intercepting ships. It is as close to the original without being exactly like the original, and it went on to sell a couple hundred thousand copies with a sequel announced earlier in February. That said, you shouldn't be surprised at XCOM's success. The audience for these games never vanished. People didn't grow out of them. The industry just stopped making them. I can't wholly blame them for it. There's no room for personalizing games to a singular taste when you need to pull in 6 million sales just to break even. Thankfully, video games have reached a market saturation where big studios can do that now. 
Enemy Unknown sold over 3 million going by Steam Analytics. The Souls games pull in several million each, and each Kickstarter promising a return to the games that haven't been made in 20 years ends up a big success. Steam has over 125 million active users, and this generation of consoles has sold faster than their previous incarnations. The market for these niche products was always there, but now the saturation is large enough for the multi-million dollar studios to take notice again. JB. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, there are a few people commented, Nick, on your comment about the game you were trying to think of, which is, I think, Xenonauts. Is, yeah, is in fact Xenonauts, Xenonauts, yeah. yeah. Um, and people pointed out that it's not, in fact, a simpler version of XCOM. I know. It's basically yeah. exactly mm-hmm. the level of complexity of the original XCOM. Yeah, it's but, true. It's yeah. true. So that's cool. It'll yeah. be fun to check out because XCOM is a really, it's still obviously a really great game design and is different in, in a lot of ways to the Firaxis version of XCOM, yep. um, which is also good. But the, the original XCOM design is, is sort of different, but really, really difficult to get back into given the interface. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we should play Xenonauts. Yeah, no, I'd, I'd like to check it out. Weird aside from that, that Kanye West, did you already talk about his video game last week? I don't think no. we did mention. You, you must have seen it, both of you. Yeah, Kanye is making yeah. a video game about his dead mom going to heaven, riding a unicorn. <laughs> I saw that this is happening. I, I yeah, I mean, that's all you need to really know yeah. is yeah. that that is happening, and you should find that trailer and watch it. And right. it's just gross and kind of cool as well at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, I was curious up. to know who's making that game. I think yeah. someone here in the city, actually. Yeah, um, okay. I forget who... Uh, but I thought I knew. Mm. Yeah. God, well, I mean, the video is hilarious because yeah. he, he plays the trailer. Chris, you haven't seen this, but no. he plays the trailer for a huge it. audience. And then nobody claps. And then he gets on the mic and he goes, you know, classic Kanye West. You got, you guys don't understand. That's like really hard to make this. You, I'm going to play it again. And I want you to like lose your minds. It's like yeah. he plays the trailer oh, again. And then they go, yay. Okay, cool. <laughs> but like, there's this, this like, oh, you don't understand. This is a video game. Video games are hard to make. Like, he's, he's, they are. Yeah, they are. But it's I mean, funny. Nice like, of it was just really, yeah. Pledge that. Yeah, please clap. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. The fact that it is about his mom is just this weird aspect. If it wasn't, it would be like, oh, that's kind of cool. Mm. And it is still kind of cool. Yeah. It's just fucking weird. Yeah. I mean, good, I guess. Good. Do that. That's as good a subject as anything else. Yeah. Yeah. Why not? Uh, Let's see. So This um, is not about him. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Nason Ratcliffe writes, Hey, Thumbs, been listening since version 1.0, though I've never gotten in touch beyond the occasional tweet. Uh, I've heard developers learn about what went right or wrong with their games and implement these lessons in future titles. How do they collect this feedback? Is it anecdotal or data-driven? I presume a combination of both and collected via monitoring people's opinions, uh, play tests, reviews, forum chatter. But now that everything is uh, potentially online, how much telemetry is available in modern game engines? How much weight is placed on each form of feedback? Obviously, it will vary from game to game and company to company, but I'd love to hear the broad strokes if you care to share. Thanks, Nason in uh, Warwickshire, UK. There are all kinds of things that studios do to yeah. analyze their yeah. their games. I mean like it starts before the game is released really. Sure, People yeah. probably aren't aware of Ideally, a lot of this stuff, but well yeah, but I mean like there you know there's the friends and family kind of approach, but then there are like agencies like VG Market Test where mm-hmm. you can send your game to them, they'll p- pick people off the street and they'll test it and kind of give you an aggregate score which gives you an idea some or is supposed to give you some idea of how the game is going to do critically or at least amongst, you know, the average person yeah, there's different or like things broken you, down by demographics and all this stuff. Yeah, there's know. different things are testing for though, right? There's exactly like yeah. you can be looking for how critically acclaimed it's going to be or how well received it's going to be, or you can be looking at, can people play this and are they going to actually be able to mm-hmm. 
you know, how hard is this? How difficult is it? Is it yeah. well balanced? Um, but you know, there's other companies that do usability and stuff that yeah. are about or accessibility rather. You know, like are are we using the controller in the right way? Is that you know the touchscreen things good? Is it colorblind friendly? Uh, yep, that kind of stuff. <clears throat> telemetry though, have you had much dealing with with telemetry? Because yeah. that stuff. We really like we put a bunch of it into the little big planet. Just to, just to clarify what that word is for people who don't oh. know, that refers to aut- sort of automatic aggregation of data from games that are played, and that can take yeah. any form really. So it's yeah. could, it could be anything. It could be like, like a those, heat map. I was going to say the heat map where thing. everyone yeah. is sort yeah. of all your player bases walking in the game, or it could be like choices players have made, um, just sort of non personal non-personally identifiable data that just sort of shows you in in in, in I mean, aggregated terms like what are people doing in your game yeah we can, i mean like a telltale you you get things like um you know the choices that people are making all mm-hmm. that stuff is accessible you know and so you can kind of see like oh nobody picked that choice whoops well and, and <laughs> telltale, telltale games even expose that to the player at the end they do yeah, yeah they do expose some of it but now you know and, they and jake and sean have talked and, about how the you know how those that piece of telemetry essentially shaped future, like from mm-hmm. the first episode shaped future episodes because yep. they realized they'd designed the game in a certain way that made you, most people pick a certain option yep. and not the other option and, mm-hmm. and kill our friend Doug. Yep. Uh, <laughs> which is really interesting. But yeah, with, with telemetry, you have to really know what you're trying to find out before mm-hmm. you put any, because you have to design all the hooks to f- collect mm-hmm. all this data. Yeah. And if you don't know what you're looking for, then it's really hard to just put hooks in for stuff and hope to find some information. Like heat maps are quite common, you know, say in a Mario map, if, Mar- if Mario Maker had heat maps for you, you could see where everyone died. Like you can mm-hmm. see, oh, okay, every, 100% of people are dying here and they're not getting through this. It's too hard to, for this this point. So that's an easy one, but other than that, it's you know you have to know what you're looking for. Yeah, um, we put hooks into a little big planet, but it was always just like I don't know what we're trying to find out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's tough to know. I think that, I mean, certainly most of what I've worked on has been smaller scale than I think experiences you guys have had, where you've worked for larger companies that sort of contract, at least have the capability to contract these sort of larger firms. I've never really. Uh, with the exception of, of working on Bioshock Infinite for a bit, which had some of that, pretty much most of what I've worked on has been much smaller scale. And so we do, I, I've done more uh, kind of one-on-one play testing where we put someone in a room and just watch them play mm-hmm. the game and, and you know, don't try not to sort of talk to them to influence what they're doing or mm-hmm. sort of answer questions if they get stuck because getting stuck is part of what you're trying to observe. Um, but a lot, but, you know, even that is a, any any situation where someone is being sort of either invited by the developer to sit in a room or mm-hmm. sort of plucked off the street by a marketing firm or whatever or a, a consulting firm those are all artificial environments to be playing a game and there's some there's like a none of those are necessarily reflective of how someone's going to play the game once they spend 20 bucks on steam and then wait a few days to start playing. And then they play for like 20 minutes and they have to go have dinner. Then they come back and you know, they played over the course of like a week or mm-hmm. what, I mean, people, that's just a totally different yeah. experience that is really hard to replicate before the game is out. And I, I think in a lot of cases, it's really just hard to know how your game <clears> is going to be played and what people are going to do with it until it's already done. And you can't really do anything about it. And then hopefully mm-hmm. you can learn some interesting lessons from just seeing people talk about it and react to it 
and yeah. you know it's one of the reasons why as a games reviewer i hated going to review events oh where yeah you review events are the worst through a game in yeah. two days because it's just your brain is just all over the place with yeah. those things yeah um and it's it is not reflective it is in my experience yeah. of actually playing a game having the time to sort of yeah, like play it in smaller chunks, which I feel like you want to do with most games, you know, like most games you are not going to just rip through in eight hours. And so, yeah, I feel like uh, a lot of journalists have well, pushed back against that. Too, and especially these days when ga- even <clears throat> mainstream games represent, I think, such a broader variety of gameplay experiences than they mm. did when we were journalists. You know, I mean, yeah. at least when we were journalists, it was more... You know, more of the games that we're shipping were kind of just traditional campaigns yep. where you play from start to end. But now, I mean, there's just there's so many. I mean, when you factor in indie games and AAA games across all genres, there is and there, there's always been a lot of variety. But now there's just an incredible variety. And it's mm-hmm. any kind of artificial <clears throat> sort of like little biosphere environment where you're kind of yeah. just in a room playing something at someone else's behest is just not going to be representative. I don't think. Yeah. Yeah. We are in a a time now as well, where we have as developers now that people are streaming all the time. Oh yeah. um, That's a fascinating thing too. If you were to do, you know, a beta release and then you can just go on Twitch and you've got your user testing right there. You know, you can Mm -hmm. watch when people don't know, you know, you can observe people don't know they're being observed by the developer, but they know they're being observed by people. Mm -hmm. And you can just watch people play it. And that's really, really interesting. And it, it, it totally is, yeah. Yeah. Even if even if it's not that, you know, the data you're getting it from it telling you that it's too easy or too hot, like whatever, forget that. It lets your brain kind of think about people playing a game that you're really close to and they play it in a slightly different way. And even if they're not, the results of it aren't necessarily useful in terms of where they're dying and where they're getting stuck. It does definitely, like watching someone play, just your brain starts thinking about the game in a slightly different way and you spot stuff that they probably haven't spotted, but you're like, Oh fuck, I needed to fix that tree or whatever. Like right, that. Sure. Yeah. Oh yeah. That, that's totally true. I mean, yeah. Watch <laughs> finding people encounter bugs in a live playthrough is really yeah. useful and also just crushing. It's very stress- <laughs> terrible. stressful. Yeah. Um, it's also worth remembering though, that when you watch someone play, <clears throat> I mean, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier in the episode about performative play. Mm. When you're watching someone play your game as a performance, things that might not actually be, bad you know someone getting stuck or someone having to sort of reflect on something for a period of time or or walk around a bit those might not actually be bad things in your game but they might seem bad if you're watching someone stream them because the person streaming wants to have mm-hmm. a constantly mm-hmm. uh forward moving experience for their sake of their audience their viewing audience and so it can it, and that's not just true of live streaming that can be true of any playtesting playtesting i think often makes you over eager to smooth out every rough patch because you get stressed out watching someone just not be able to progress. And it's like, you know what? If someone is just playing this in their own home and nobody's watching them, it's totally fine for them to get stuck a little bit because maybe in doing so they'll find sort of a side path Mm -hmm. or they'll Mm -hmm. just have like an interesting experience with a random element in your, you know, randomly generated element in your game or um, just ex- enjoy the sort of environment they're in or whatever. And, you know, those are all things that, that are, there's just no, there's no perfect way to get this data at all. Yeah. That, that's why, that's why games are, you know, obviously, I mean, this isn't a controversial statement, but that's why games are, you know, still creative art because even 
with all of the sort of modern technology we have to gather data and sort of make, hopefully make informed decisions, it's still ultimately, there's still ultimately a lot of alchemy to it. You know? I feel like the games that feel most, or that, this is an outsider's perspective, but it, that feel like they've been put through this the most uh, in terms of user testing and just, you know, finding the kind of the perfect roller coaster ride is, is Naughty Dog stuff. Like when I'm playing mm. Last of Us or something like that and I hear the guy say, I mean, I, they, they came out and said like, oh yeah, we do user testing and when they say something like, oh fuck, I'm totally screwed and they just make that a line that fires right. when that actually yeah. happens in the game yeah. and like, you know, for a game like that that is meant to be this like roller, perfect sure. roller coaster, I mm-hmm. think that actually works out really well yep. for them. Um, but not all games are that. And right, so, for yeah, sure. That's yeah, the, if you want your game to be that, you better be able to back it up with yeah. like a bulletproof experience that Pretty much. justifies that. Yeah. that and that know, studio can sure. pull that off, yeah. so yeah, they're yeah, fine yeah. with that. Yeah, yep. yeah, games are all different and weird. Yep. Well, should we wrap it up? Sure. Sure thing. Thanks for listening to Idle Thumbs. You can find us on iTunes, uh, if you would like to rate us or review us on iTunes, that would be extremely appreciated. <laughs> we love it when you do that because it helps us grow the audience. We have very few ways to grow our audience. So telling a friend, giving us a review, um, sharing us on social media or on your sort of forum communities, anywhere like that is massively, massively appreciated. Um, we have other shows as well that we host on our website, idlethumbs.net. Uh, the podcast network includes... Our newest show, Idle Weekend, which this week has Austin Walker on. Oh, nice! Yeah, um, uh, Robin Danielle had Austin Walker on, and they talked. They went into like a crazy deep dive about um, cyberpunk in '90s cinema and games. Wow, and good! <laughs> '90s cinema, and then also just games, not '90s only. And uh, it's it's pretty good. Those they did a good job with that. And that'll be coming out tomorrow. That episode is out tomorrow, I suppose. And then um, we also uh, have relaunched the Idle Book Club, which is something that was uh, dormant for a couple of years and now uh, is back. Um, I'm co-hosting that show. And we just a few days ago put out a um, sort of retrospective episode on Umberto Eco the Italian novelist and semiotician who passed away last week. And so Sarah and I figured, you know, let's just go into the studio and do a little kind of remembering Umberto Eco podcast. So that was fun. So that's out now and you can go listen to it. And there's, there's no spoilers or, or anything if you haven't read his novels. And then coming up soon will be our podcast about the Kazuo Ishiguro novel, um, Never Let Me Go, which was made into a movie about 10 years ago, I think. So... Yeah, Idle Weekend, Idle Book Club, two of our newer additions to the network are there. All of our shows are at idlethumbs.net slash shows. You can find us on Twitter at Idle Thumbs, on Facebook at facebook.com slash Idle Thumbs. You can send us mail at questions at idlethumbs.net. And now I will stop talking and the podcast, <laughs> wow. podcast will end. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. Thanks, you everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.